What is it about CJ Williams game that makes him so special on Wisconsin? Let's talk about it. All right. So you are locked on Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. Getting right into this, we've got uh, Shelby Williams, which is C.J. Williams' dad, also a defensive backs coach at the high school level, coming on to talk about C.J. Williams, and Badger fans are going to be excited for this one. Let's get into it. Shelby, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to start with your son's game. What about his game makes him so special? Well, first of all, Ryan, I appreciate you having me on today and kind of getting to know Badger Nation. Uh, there's definitely there's a couple of things about CJ that that makes him special, kind of separates him from the other guys. Number one, he is ultra, ultra competitive like CJ. He, he competes at everything he does, like he's trying to win. He's just not trying to get through a workout. He's trying to win that workout. And I'll kind of give you a couple of examples like CJ. He'll he'll go to quarterback camps and he'll catch for quarterbacks. So there's some pretty good quarterbacks that come to Southern California, some good trainers. And he'll go to that camps and. Everyone just thinks they're catching balls, but CJ's competing. Like, if you don't know how many drops you had that day, ask CJ because he'll tell you because he's literally – he's not just catching. He is competing. He's trying to win. So he's like that on the field. If he gets in the weight room, if you're working out with him, he's just going to keep adding weight, keep adding weight, and just he, – he's trying to win. So he, he's a very, very competitive kid. So that's probably uh, one thing that that really separates him from, from everyone else. And uh, I'd probably say the biggest thing, though, is – when the lights are the brightest, when the stage is the biggest, during the biggest games of the year, you will undoubtedly see the best version of C.J. Williams. So those two things, I think, kind of separate him from some of the other competitors is, A, he's just ultra competitive. And when the lights are on, it's go time. He, he's going to make plays for sure. I want to give you um, – I was reading with his scouting report coming out of high school. Uh, I was reading about some of his game and his ability, and I want to kind of read that scouting report back to you and see where you think it's accurate or maybe where it's not completely accurate. So um, big-body physical receiver, really tough after the catch, um, good work ethic, refined route runner, great hands, but potentially lacks top-end speed. It, where Where is that scouting report, do you think, accurate, and where is it maybe not – uh, I mean, obviously, there, there's a little truth in everything. So when there's smoke, there's fire. But probably over the last six or seven years, the things that CJ has really focused on has been the route running and the hands. Like for us, we've kind of defined your your top speed is your top speed. You can kind of work on how quickly you get up to that speed, which kind of gets an advantage. But your speed is your speed. So we kind of worked on the things that that we could work on that he can develop. So over those years, he has 100% he's developed into an elite route runner. So that's what he wants to do. His job, even if he doesn't get the ball, did I win the route? So he he's trying to win the route play by play. And secondly, you have to be able to have hands. So obviously in hands and contested catches, you're not, not going to always get the separation you want. So you have to be secure with the hands. And that gives co the quarterback's confidence in throwing you the ball. So I would definitely say CJ, I mean, he was an all-state track guy. So, I mean, CJ, by all means, is not a slow football player. And I've seen CJ take the top off of many defenses. I've seen him run by guys who are undoubtedly fast. So, CJ speed, obviously, is he going to be a four-two-four-three guy? No, but CJ's more than fast enough to dominate this game, and he he understands the game. He understands how to get to his spots and use his body and to make plays on the football field. So I would say there's definitely some accuracy there, but uh, CJ, the hands and the route running are, are elite of the elite for sure. 
And his ability to make contested catches, right? That's that's another thing that stood out is he can have people draped over him and he can just it's a, an ability because at the next level, at the college level, cornerbacks are going to be all over you. And to make yeah, those sure. catches, I think, is unique. Talk to me about you said for the last six, seven years, you've really been working on these things. What are those workouts been like um, and how has he developed that work ethic? So we first started with the hands. So the hands, uh, we basically started off when at a young age, just making sure he had proper hand placement. So when the ball comes to, is it going to be a thumb sketch? Is it going to be a finger sketch? Kind of just being really consistent with your hands being in the right place. And then after that, we started training the eyes. So if you look at every single drop that from college to high school, every single drop, the receiver takes their eyes off the ball. So we've really focused on kind of training the eyes. And we'll tell them, like, we never go out and catch balls we're going out to train the eyes so we're making sure that the eyes if the eyes are consistent you're going to catch the ball so if you're looking at the ball you can't catch it then you just can't catch so that's not cj and in terms of his work ethic like cj he's probably been a grinder i would say probably since sixth and seventh grade so uh growing up in youth football he wasn't always the biggest he wasn't always the fastest so he he knew at an early age that he had to work harder than anyone else and uh, he was fortunate on, on our youth football team. He had some dudes on that team. So there's one of our guys. Our main guy is a guy who's a linebacker up at Oregon State. His name is Easton Mascarenas, and uh, he was a dude. So CJ would have to line up against guys like that every day. And for CJ to compete with guys that were 20 pounds heavier, that were probably a, a step or so faster, he really had to work at it. So he developed the work ethic at a very young age and at this point, it's who he is. So everyone knows CJ is a worker. Like CJ's, he's home right now for a couple of days. He's at a workout right now. So once he leaves there, he's going to go to another worker. Like working hard is not what CJ does. It's like it's who he is. At this point, it's in his DNA. So that's what's kind of carried him this far. And we'll kind of see how far that work ethic can carry him in the future. I think you hit on something that's great right there. Because a lot of fans will look at athletes and say, well, ah, they have all that God-given talent. Of course, they're you can't do that unless you put in a ton of work, no matter how physically talented you are. Yeah. And what happens is here's what I always explain to TJ. Like everyone is the man in their own town. So in our town of Mission Viejo, okay, yes, you're the guy. But what happens when you go to Texas? There's a guy out there working in Texas. What happens when you go to Maryland, when you go to Ohio? Like there's other guys that are working hard. Like what are you going to do? So he's basically just kind of branched out and just say, OK, I'm going to try to work whatever room he's in. He's trying to be the hardest working in the room. So that's been the objective. That's been the goal. If you're the hardest working guy in the room consistently, good things are going to happen for you. And the football guys, they reward that type of stuff. So we, we believe in that. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm going to ask you to put your coach hat on for a second. Okay. If And especially as a DB type coach, is there a certain type of DB that maybe gives CJ a little more trouble than someone else? And, and where is CJ working to kind of maybe overcome that if there is? Yeah, it, it's definitely the longer lengthy DBs. So I'm on, I would say that's with any receiver, the, the longer lengthy DBs, which are becoming the trend more and more. Those are going to give typically any type of wide receiver any trouble just because you can create space but even because of their length they can still get hands on you and try to reroute them so what cj tries to do like if there's going to be a longer length of db particularly in the past those dbs haven't been quite as heavy quite as strong so they tend to be a little bit slender slender so what CJ is going to do is just try to beat him up. So we're going to try to, okay, let's get into a space. Let's make it a phone booth fight and let's try to win battles that way. Because if there's going to be space, the DB is going to be pushing and shucking and jiving and kind of throwing them off his route. So if CJ wants to, if there's going to be contact, CJ wants to be aggressive. We're going to initiate the contact. We're going to win the contact battle. 
And you talk about the route running, uh, working to be a perfectionist as a route runner. Is there? Does he have a favorite route? Does he have something he loves to to be on the field? Is it a post, a slant, a, a go? Uh, he likes to go up top. So he, he he likes to go up top. So that's I'm, I'm assuming all receivers like to go there. But he likes the slam route because that's a high percentage route. He can easily body up most DBs and catch that at high clip. I think one of his better routes that he ran in high school was kind of what we call a box out, where we kind of from this outside, he would go up the seam and kind of head back toward the sideline. So that was another very efficient route for him. I want to finish on this before I take a break. I want to ask, uh, when did you know he was going to be special as a football player? Ooh, uh, when did I know? So probably I would say probably in sixth and seventh grade. So uh, what happened was CJ got – he was always really good in youth football. So, I mean, every year, I mean – our teams during the championship, he was one of the better guys. He would go to the All-Star. So he was always really, really good. But even at that point, as a father, I'm his probably toughest critic. So I wasn't really convinced that, okay, this dude is elite. But in the seventh grade, he hooked up with a seven-on-seven seven group here in Southern California called Zorts. And Zorts, it was run by Stephen and Carla. Shouts out to them. They were fantastic. And Zorts would take these kids all throughout the United States. So as they start off, they would go to Arizona, they would go to Las Vegas, and then they would branch out and go to Florida, Atlanta, Maryland. And then when CJ would go to these tournament, tournaments, he would dominate these tournaments. So at that point, okay, now you're outside of your, your realm, you're outside of your neighborhood, you're going out to these other guys, and they're playing against dudes. And at that point, once he started really dominating everywhere he went, that's when I knew, okay, we, we got something special here, and we just kind of built on it. That's great. Uh, we're going to take a quick break with Coach Williams. Come back. We're going to talk about the road to Wisconsin, the recruiting path that, that led CJ from USC to Wisconsin. Coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, I do want to take a quick break for our friends of the show. Um, as always, a quick second today to say thank you for tuning in, uh, for everybody listening. And a quick break for our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. Um, Coach would attest to this. You need to find the right people to fill the, the jobs that you have. And that's on a football team and that's in business. And that's what LinkedIn is here for. Every new potential hire these days can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. <clears throat> LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's something I use professionally for my personal network. My professional network's incredible. Um, you're able to use simple screening tools as a company to screen out the people that have no business interviewing for your job. Don't waste their time. Don't waste your time. Use LinkedIn tools to make your life easier as a hiring manager. It's why small businesses continue to rank LinkedIn Jobs number one uh, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. That's LinkedIn Jobs dot com slash locked on college linkedin uh, linkedin jobs.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply all right let's continue this conversation with coach um coach again thank you so much for the time we, we really do appreciate it and and i want to start here so i actually want to start with the usc portion of this what was it like as a father to have a top 75 player in the country one of the very elite receivers offers from just about everybody uh, was that overwhelming? What was that process like for you as a father? I mean, it was ultra, ultra exciting. So obviously, I mean, just watching CJ grow from just being a freshman to being one of the elite players uh, in the high school in the country. I mean, it, it, it was very, very gratifying. It was very exciting. But I, I think what I appreciate most about it is how CJ approached it. So he, he never got the big head. He's still a humble kid. He still took care of the classroom. I mean, a straight A student. So uh, it, it was definitely very exciting. Everywhere you go, people know you. I feel like sometimes my name is CJ's dad. Like, are you CJ's dad? Like, yeah, but that's not my name. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's definitely it's been a great a great journey for our entire family. So even though the, our immediate family, obviously we love supporting, but even our extended family has really gravitated towards CJ and these games and travel with them and follow. So it's definitely been an exciting journey for for our entire crew for sure. So uh, yeah, and I'm a father. I have uh, two younger kids. I, I would almost think I would be more proud of him keeping humility about him than almost the, the football side. Like, because I, I know as as a teenager, if I had that type of exposure, I would it would have gone to my head. I okay. didn't have the the maturity for that. So what was that like as a father to see him handle that with so much grace? Well, I mean, one thing that we do is, I mean, outside of the house, he's C.J. Williams, but inside of the house. He's just one of us. Right. So, I mean, his his brothers and sisters would do a very good job and even his cousins of humbling and let him know, like, who he is. So but it was it's exciting for sure. So uh, character, we're, we're a high character family. So we believe character matters. So he understands that he knows that. I mean, obviously, football has taken him really, really far. But I think once the football stops, I think the character will kind of continue the path for him. So having high character is important. It's been a focal point of our family since day one. Well, then, then let's talk about the USC decision. So he goes to USC, um, and at some point, can you talk about where it started to maybe make sense to um, explore other opportunities? Uh, it, it was kind of a, an up and down thing for USC. So obviously, when, when he got there, we were very, very excited that CJ's at USC. Obviously, he was local. He was close to home. And I'll remember probably the first time when I saw that maybe CJ wasn't a fit at USC. And it was during the, uh, I think, the Fresno State game. So it was the Fresno State game. The office had went off. And, and literally, you can just tell the scheme and the style. There were little receivers kind of flying all over the place, jet sweeps and, and things of that nature. So that was, for me, that was kind of the first indication, okay, maybe this is not the right situation. I kind of kind of sense, okay, maybe this is why he wasn't a fit at Lincoln Wright, Oklahoma, because his body style is not what these guys are, his skill set. He doesn't do what these guys do. So that, for me, that was the first kind of inclination that, okay, maybe this is not the right situation. But once again, it was an up and down because then after that, uh, we played a game at Oregon State. And we played a game at Oregon State, and they defended our receivers extremely well. So they came out and, and man press, and it was very difficult for, for our stature receivers to make plays. So at that point, I kind of flipped it like, okay, maybe there is an opportunity because obviously I think we won that game, but we, we barely won it. But the offense didn't really do well. The defense kind of cared. So at that point, I was okay, maybe there is a situation at USC where CJ can get on the field and, and kind of make some plays. I, obviously against the bigger, more physical defensive backs, bam, that's where CJ comes in and he can kind of help you out. But uh, unfortunately, it just never worked out that way. So I mean, even on down the line, I thought that there were some games in, in Utah where we were kind of getting pushed around when we needed some first downs where we struggled. But I mean, I'm not, USC is a great school. So I'm never going to knock CJ for going to USC. I'm like, there's parents that have gone, been in prison for trying to get their kids into USC. Like, this is yep. USC. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm never going to knock a kid for, for going to USC and kind of betting on himself. But it just didn't work out, and now he's in, in Madison. Well, and I've made this comparison to other people because I think the the era of – I'll call it the era of the transfer portal, for lack of a better term. It, it's new for fans. It's new for fans that grew up around college football, mm -hmm. right? And people will still – I think people still look at it in a weird way where in everywhere else, like I have the – 
if I'm not in a great opportunity in my job, I, I go find a better opportunity. And it doesn't mean the previous job's a bad one or I dislike my boss or, you know, it could be a, for a ton of reasons. And I, I think it's t- time that, that college football has gotten to that point and it's normalized more. So um, when you, when that decision is made, it raised eyebrows that Wisconsin was the final place just because it hasn't been a passing offense. It hasn't not Phil Longo's coming in Luke fickle. Um, why Wisconsin for, for CJ? Uh, when, when CJ made this decision, we, we had to figure out, okay, CJ, what are your goals? What do you want to do in life? So meaning is playing in the NFL, is that your ultimate goal? Or he, he's also really in real estate or, I always tell them, dude, you can make $100 million in real estate just as easily as you can in the NFL. So, I mean, at this point, he had to figure out, okay, do we want to just go for one of these elite degrees that can kind of catapult him into into the business world? Or does he want to pursue the NFL? So CJ decided, like, that, I want to pursue the NFL. And that's where, okay, now we need to find a spot where you can get on the field. Because obviously no one's really getting recruited from from off the bench or, or, or being a two. So he had to to find a spot where he can get on the field. And obviously he had some conversations with uh, one of the quarterbacks who had already transferred to uh, to Wisconsin. So that kind of spearheaded things. And then once Phil Longo and everyone else got there, it just kind of snowballed it and it made more and more sense. Well, what were the initial conversations like with with Phil Longo and how did they how did they sell the the, the vision of CJ at Wisconsin? Well, obviously, there's really nothing to sell. Like basically, I mean, you can do research on Phil Longo and just kind of see what success he's had with the receivers going back to Ole Miss and also North Carolina. But I think mainly they just sold him that he would get an opportunity. Like Phil Longo is a guy who's like, hey, I've seen you. I believe in what you can do. And basically, he was going to be given an opportunity. And, and that's one thing that I've noticed in the recruiting process is relationships matter. So and that obviously goes with any business you have. So in my business, relationship matters and your business relationship matters. So uh, he felt like that he had developed a strong relationship with Coach Longo and Coach Longo believed in him. He felt like Coach Longo was being transparent and honest with his opportunities. And then that just kind of built that relationship. So definitely that will be one message that I would give to young recruiters is uh, relationships matter. So, Well, that's a great point because they matter. Not that it didn't matter before, but now with players having more freedom to to explore opportunities, if you make a relationship with a high school player, two years down the road, that relationship, good whether it was a good one or a bad one, could be incredibly important. Exactly, exactly, and it, and it goes both ways. So, yeah, that's a great point. All right, we're gonna come back. We just have a couple more questions. Uh, hopefully, keep Shelby for just a few more minutes. He really do appreciate the time. Uh, we do have to take one more quick break for our friends of the show over at eBay Motors. And again, also a very quick thank you to everybody tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Um, And Coach would attest to this. uh, For a championship team, you need to make sure every player is the perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to be the perfect fit. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part fits right the first time around. Just add your right to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. Uh, And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home the win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Uh, let's bring Coach back on. Uh, Coach, I have a couple questions from people listening to the show. Okay. Uh, and again, we I can't say enough how much we appreciate it. The first one is from JB, and he just wanted to know, how does Lincoln Riley differ from Luke Fickle? Oh, 
So I, I think obviously they're they're both air raid descendants. So the, the offense is, is very very similar. I think Lincoln Riley kind of puts less on his quarterback. So basically his play designs are going to a certain area of the field or a certain part of the field, whereas Coach Longo seems to be, okay, he wants his quarterback to decipher the information and pick out the right. So I think uh, I think Coach Riley's kind of more deliberate, like this is where we're trying to go on this play, whereas Coach Longo's like, okay, read the field, get us in the best situations. But outside of that, they're both two, two really good offensive minds. I mean, the best in the business from, from my experience. So I think they both just kind of get it done a little bit different. Uh, and then from a ceiling standpoint, how big of a, a factor was you talked about what's, what's a place I can go and, and help develop, you know, prepare for the NFL being a great system. Um, what about winning at the highest level? How big of a factor was that? And did you look at what Luke Fickle did at Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, of course that, that definitely factors factors in because I mean, CJ wants to win. He's kind of, he's accustomed to winning. He's addicted to winning. He he won in the youth. He won at high school. They, they had a, a successful year. What I think was successful years, first year at USC. So he's very, very accustomed to winning. So definitely have going to a team that wasn't in a position to win would definitely not work for CJ. Like he would be miserable. Even if he's making plays on Saturday, if the team wasn't winning, CJ would not be in a right frame of mind. So definitely having Fickle there, who's had some experience, obviously taking teams to the championship, that definitely factors in it. And Wisconsin's pedigree is already there. So obviously they're, they're a winning program. So it's not like he walked into a struggling program. They were in a bowl game last year. So, uh, so winning is definitely right up there at the top of the list with CJ. He, he wants to win. So there are some opportunities he had where the teams weren't, wouldn't be as successful where he probably would have caught 90 balls, but CJ probably would not have been happy in those situations. Uh, this one's from JB. Did the weather play any factor for you guys? What's the coldest weather CJ has played in? Uh, he has not played in very cold weather. So, I mean, some some Southern California games here, probably once we get into the finals and the state championship uh, late in the year, it gets pretty cold. So I'm going to say for us, maybe low 50s, maybe mid to high 40s. So that will be the coldest end. Uh, the, the weather wasn't a factor. So, I mean, obviously, once you get there and you're an experienced it, it becomes a factor in your day-to-day. But in terms of the decision-making uh, the, the weather wasn't a factor. So like he understands that if he goes to the NFL, he could end up in Green Bay or he could end up in in New York somewhere playing in some adverse weather. So it, it wasn't a factor. It's just something you got to deal with. You got to manage. It's another thing you got to try to figure out. So one of the comments that I found was really interesting, I wanted to kick this over to you, is when, when your son committed to Wisconsin, it was looked at as kind of a, a culture changer, right? Because uh, there was a question when Luke Fickle, Phil Longo came to Wisconsin, are they going to be able to get elite receivers to Wisconsin? Because it hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. TJ came on board and people said, wow, like maybe they can. Did you guys feel like you were in a position to maybe change the culture to some degree in Madison? Uh, I, I don't think that was the objective, but I can definitely sense after CJ's commitment that the excitement for the wide receiver position and the skills position overall uh, kind of got heightened in Madison for sure because uh, everyone knows the type of offense. Madison's been two tight end, fullback, heavy running back. So obviously in the past, uh, the elite wide receivers or the higher ranked wide receivers wouldn't really gravitate toward Wisconsin. But I definitely, if CJ's opened the doors for some other recruits, and I think – I think there's a lot of West Coast kids out here that I think could have a lot of success, not just in Madison, but in the Big Ten period. So I think a lot of times I know CJ was very, I'm going to say, kind of apprehensive to leaving home. I know he's a West Coast guy. He wanted to be on the West Coast, but uh, I would kind of uh, 
recommend these uh, young recruits to take a strong look at the Big Ten, take a strong look at the Midwest. Like they're playing high level football, they're in some good opportunities, and these schools are also sending uh, players to the NFL. So, yeah, just a couple more really quick questions here, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, what would be a successful season for CJ this year? Like, if you look back at it as a father, I don't want you to have to put words in his mouth, but if you look back at it, what's a successful season for, for him from your perspective? So for me, a successful season, if you're standing at the end of the season. So that, that's for me, first and foremost, if he's, it's a violent game. So if CJ's healthy at the end of the season, he's had some fun, that will be a, a successful season. But but also, I mean, you want CJ to, to basically take advantage of his opportunities. So basically, I mean, when the ball comes to you, catch it. Once you catch it, make a play with it. Once you get near that painted area, let's try to cross that goal line. So a successful season for me, it's just CJ taking advantage of any opportunities he gets. And when the ball doesn't come your way, still try to be an elite player. So be an elite blocker, uh, be an elite service route runner, just try to be a complete football player. So uh, first and foremost, being healthy the entire year and obviously just taking advantage of your opportunities. And when the ball comes your way, make plays and uh, and be a good teammate. That's a great answer. Uh, Coach, last question here. Um, you gonna, you have any games circled that you're going to be able to make it to Madison this year? We're gonna we're gonna try to make it to all the games this year. So we, we're gonna uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. Obviously, we have games here on Friday night, so we're gonna be on some red eyes. I think the only challenge will be like some of the early morning games, but I think the two o'clock games, anything tips off or kicks off after two o'clock, uh, we should be in the in camp Randall for those games. So we're we're uh, excited. Can't wait to see you there, um, Coach Williams, uh, CJ Williams' dad. Really do appreciate the time so so much. Uh, thank you again, and uh, yeah, we hope to see you in Madison this year. All right, Ryan, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, uh, your platform for supporting the Badger. So on Wisconsin. Yes, sir. On Wisconsin. Can't say it any better than that.